The book of 1 Samuel, chapter number 17, starting with the 32nd verse. And it said, And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. In other words, this Philistine had been fighting all his life. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flocks. And I went out after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath offended the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord hath delivered me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear, and he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and take the Lord be with thee, and the Lord be with thee. And Saul armed David with his armor, and put on a helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a great coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon, upon his armor, and he has said to go, for he hath not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with thee, for I have not proved them. And David put them off. And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones. That's an important part. He chose five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in a script, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about, he saw David. He was disdaining him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog, that thou comest to me with the staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thee thy, I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and unto the beasts of the fields. Now listen to what David says here in verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to stand. We thank you, dear Lord, for each one that came out tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the service we had this morning, for the one who stood and spoke with us. Thank you, God, for this day. Pray now, dear Lord, that you would just give me the words to say, but they won't be mine, but they will be yours. And we would just apply them to our hearts and to our minds. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm sure we've all, somewhere down the line, have heard this story. If you haven't really know much about the story, you probably haven't heard anybody speak about it, or you haven't read your Bible, one or two. Now, Goliath was this huge, huge person, um, and he represented an angry world. He re represented a raging world, and he wanted to destroy everything that was good and godly. He was fearful, trembling Israel. What did they represent? They represented a faithless people. They believed in God, but through weakness of faith, they failed to conquer in his name. And then there was strong, quiet David. He represents the Christian whose faith in God and those dependents is in the power of God. So every one of us really know the story about David and Goliath. Now the Philistines 
were an old enemy of Israel, weren't they? And in the days of King Saul, they were forever fighting against God's chosen people. Israel often won the battles. But then Goliath, this big, huge man, came to become the lead of the Philistines. The Israelites, the Bible said, had pitched their camp on one side of the mountain and the Philistines on the other. There was a valley between. From out of the army of the Philistines came a giant named Goliath. The Bible says he was a tremendous fellow. Now, I've studied things that said this man could have been almost 12 feet tall. Now, I don't know about you. I'm not a very big person. If I was standing up against somebody seven feet tall, I might be kind of afraid. And even if, even if David would have been seven foot two, and this man would have, Goliath would have been 12 feet, he would have still been much bigger than David. For many days, the Bible says, this giant stood and he cried out unto Israel, you know, why are ye come out to set up your battle in array? Am I not a Philistine? He said. And ye servants to Saul, choose you a man for you, and let him come down to me. Goliath said, and if he be able to fight with me, because see, Goliath had this in his head, that there was nobody, nobody that could physically beat him in anything, because he was so big says, choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and to kill me, then we will be your servants. But he said, if I prevail against him, which he had no doubt he was going to do, and kill him, then you shall be my servants and serve us. And he says, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. I believe Goliath saw the fear of the Israelites. And I believe he stood there and he was thinking to himself, there's no one going to be brave enough to come down and fight with me, for I am so big, for I am so powerful. When Saul, when Saul and the Israelites heard these words, the Bible says they were dismayed and they were afraid. Like I said, I probably would be pretty afraid too if I was coming face to face with someone of that size. But see, here's the thing. God always has a man for every situation. He always has someone that's willing to stand up and fight for him. Now, it might not seem like a very likely person, but there's always someone to stand for God's cause. Always someone. And in this instance, it was David. And the Bible said he was a shepherd boy. Now, what did that mean? Well, from what I've studied, the only thing he really did, he carried food to his brother's and the other ones in the army. That was his sole, sole job. And he talked with them. And the giant came forth and gave his challenge. And David heard these words. You see, and David was smart enough. He saw the fear in, in the Israelites' army. He, asked, he turned around and even asked why they allowed this thing to go on. And finally he turned to King Saul and said, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with the Philistines. Now, when David said this, Saul probably thought to himself, it's a crazy young man. It's a crazy young man. But David knew. See, Saul, he really didn't even try to uh, deter David from going. But David gave his arguments, and he was determined to go against Goliath. Saul's armor was put on David, but the young shepherd lad refused it, didn't he? His equipment, his weapons... As he went against the giants was his staff, 
and five smooth stones out of the brook. Now, why do you think these stones that he chose were smooth? Have you ever tried throwing a square football? Have you ever tried throwing a square basketball or a baseball? It doesn't fly too straight, does it? You ever seen a bullet, how smooth and how aerodynamic it's shaped? If David would just have picked up a bunch of old rocks and threw them out of his sling, they could have went any direction. But he knew by picking the smooth stones that they would fly straight and it was going to hit their mark. Now, I don't believe he had to pick up five of them. I believe he could have picked up one and it got the job done. The great giant came forth and he said, when he saw David, he said, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? In his mind, it was an insult to him and to the uh, Philistine army that they would send in what his mind was probably a joke. Why would they send a kid to fight me? Why would they send someone that small to fight against me? But here, here's the good part. What was David's first words to the giant? I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. He had God with him, didn't he? He wasn't afraid. He said, I come to thee in the name of the Lord, the God of the armies of Israel. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So basically, David was saying, I'm going to beat you, Goliath. And I'm sure that made Goliath. I'm sure he was you know, chuckling inside. The Philistine rose and came to meet David. And as David ran to meet him, the Bible says he took a stone put it in a sling and threw it at the Philistine, and it struck him in the forehead. And I believe it struck him right between the eyes. The Bible doesn't say that, but I'm just assuming that's what happened. But that smooth stone struck Goliath in the head. What does the Bible say? And he fell upon his face to the earth. He was done. We find a lesson in this simple story about how to face our difficulties like David faced his difficulties. We know as Christians that the enemy, the devil, is always around, isn't he? He's always there tempting us. He's always there putting things out there for people. And the thing of it is, a lot of people will follow those things. The enemy's all about us. There are hindrances on every side. There are obstacles that we have to overcome. There's difficulties that we have to overcome. And the success of your life and my life depends on how we face our trials. Do we face him as a coward, or do we face him as David did? David had three things when he faced the giant. He had three things. The first thing he had was courage. The first thing he had was courage. Now, we, we always seem to, we like people that have courage, whether it be on a battlefield, whether it be in an office, whether it be in a school, whether it be in a society. The need, we need courage. We need men of courage in today's society to stand in the pulpits of our churches. Amen. We need, we need pastors, we need ministers that aren't afraid to stand at the pulpit and tell it like it is. Call sin, sin. Amen. Call black, black, and white, white. Not sugar-coated. We need men of courage to lead our country in politics. I won't go too far into that. But we need world leaders and are ready to stand for what they believe in. Amen. Sometimes it takes danger to bring forth courage. We often don't know of its presence until we have danger in our lives. There was a story that I read about 
a barbarian who thought he could honor Alexander the Great by giving him three dogs. Shortly after he had gone, Alexander the Great decided he was going to test these dogs that he was given. So he had a stag brought in before them, which is kind of like a deer. And the dogs only yawned and went to sleep. Then he had an antelope brought in with him, but the dogs still weren't interested. He thought these dogs were worthless, and he had them killed. Sad. A few days later, the chieftain who had given him the dogs returned and asked about them. And when he was told what had been done to them, he cried, Oh, Alexander, you are a great king, but you are a very foolish man. Because, see, when he brought the deer in, the stag in, the antelope in, there wasn't, they weren't anything to be afraid of. So the dogs didn't pay him no mind. And the man said, you showed them that, and they paid no attention. He says, but if you would have turned a lion or a tiger loose on them, you would have seen what brave dogs that I had given you. See, sometimes danger brings forth courage. It was danger of death that displayed the courage of the three Hebrew children. All the threats and all the danger, the Bible says, could not make them bow to an idol. It was danger that showed the courage of Daniel. No power on earth could stop him from praying unto God. Amen. And I've used this illustration before. Every picture that I've ever seen of Daniel praying when he was in a cell, and he was looking through the bars, and the lions were behind him. Because he had no fear of those lions. Did he? He had no fear of those lions at all. Even though they were in the same cell with him, he had his back turned to him. He wasn't afraid. And it was, it was danger that showed the courage of Paul, the missionary. He didn't flinch when anything came Made his, made his adversaries and things, made it difficulty on him. He didn't flinch, did he? He kept going. Danger will reveal weakness. The Bible said King Saul was a big, strong man. The Bible says he was a big, big man. He was head and shoulders above all the other soldiers in the army. He could brag and boast, but see, he wasn't in danger. But when he came face to face with Goliath, I believe he started shaking like a leaf in a wind because there was danger, and he turned his back on the danger. Someone may say, well, why this weakness on the part of King Saul? The answer really isn't that hard to find. See, his life was undermined by disobedience to God. King Saul had been sent by the Lord to destroy King Ahab and the Amalekites. He disobeyed the order of the Lord and spared the king. Why? Because he didn't obey God. Through Samuel, God spoke a plain word on the subject of disobedience. He said, Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, Amen. and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is an iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of God, he has also rejected thee from being king. See, lack of courage can always be traced back, I believe, to disobedience to God. The preacher or the Christian who lacks courage to stand up for God will often be found disobeying God. See, danger showed Israel and Saul to be a cowardly people. They had not walked in the way which God wanted them to. They had murmured against God. They had begged for a king in many ways shown their dissatisfaction of God's dealing with them. 
And in the hour of danger, they turn their backs. Have courage in our life when we face difficulties. Let our courage come from the assurance that God is with you. God is always with you. Amen. And then David, he had something, and this might seem a little odd, but David had the memory on his side. Now what I mean by that, he remembered the times that God had seen him through before. When he faced the lion, when he faced the bear, he took care of those. And when Saul said to David about the desire to fight the Philistine, what did David say? He said, I kept my father's sheep safe from a lion. I kept them safe from a bear. I kept them safe from anything that came up against him. And I went out after him. And he smote him, and he killed him, and delivered it out of the mouth. He said, Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me what? Out of the hands of the Philistine. Amen. David knew when he went up against Goliath that God was going to be there for him. He had remembered all the times when God had stood by him. You know, it's interesting to, to what King Saul said. He said, go and let the Lord be with thee. He didn't try to go with David. And he was a king. He was backed by a large army, but yet he went ahead and let this little shepherd boy go out and fight the giant. See, David went forth to fight Goliath because he remembered God's power and how he had delivered him in days before. See, Saul could have done something. He should have remembered these things. He should have remembered the great heroes of faith. He should have remembered Abraham. He should have remembered Moses. He should have remembered Samson and all the others. Saul should have remembered God's power, and he should have been the one with his army to go fight against the giant. But no, I believe he was pretty much a coward. And he sat down and permitted a boy, a lad, to go fight in his place. Now, I don't know how old David was, 12, 15, it, it varies on what you hear. But he wasn't a soldier. He was a little shepherd boy who brought food to the army. The soldiers of Israel should have remembered that how strange that mighty events of history were forgotten. They think of the mighty wars and the mighty battles that they have won before. They think of God's deliverance from the enemies, his daily power and providence. But what happened? Israel forgot what God had done for them. And see, this is one of the mistakes that you and I face in our daily life, in our trials and temptations and our difficulties. We fail to remember all that God has done for us, all the times he's provided for us, the many things he's given us in our life. We often forget that. But see, remember the salvation of the Lord. The same God who saved you from eternal hell can deliver you from every difficulty that you go through in your life. For the Bible says that God was the same yesterday, today, and forever. God never changes. God's word never changes. Amen. We're the one who change. Remember how God protected us in times past. His power has not changed. As he once delivered you, he will deliver you again. And he will deliver you again. See, we need to let our memory work for us in times like this, as it did for David. Remember the things that God has done for us in the past. That's right. Remember our past failures. And the reason we have failures so many times in our life is why? 
And I've heard Pastor Dylan talk about this before. We depend too much on ourselves. Right. We don't give it to God to take care of. Right. We try to take care of it ourselves. And what happens? Nine times out of ten, we mess it up. We're worse than when we started, when we try to take care of things ourselves. God says call upon him. You know, he wants us to call upon him in our times of trouble. And the Lord that once helped you, what? He will help you again. See, this was the argument that David gave to Saul. But memory was walking with David. He had remembered all the times that God had picked him up, set him on that straight path, and walked with him. He knew God was going to protect him. And finally, the third thing that David had, David had faith in God. See, he knew how to use that sling and that stone, but it was not his skill with that that won the battle. You know, in a war, it's not always the soldiers out there doing the shooting and all that that's winning the battles. It's the planning. It's the people behind it. See, David had God behind him. If he hadn't had God behind him, he could have picked up 100 stones and maybe not even hit Goliath in the forehead. He may not have hit nothing at all. But he had God behind him. His faith is what delivered him. David believed in his heart that God was with him. And God was with him. And it says, if God be for me, who can be against me? And that's the way we need to have our attitude. If God is with us, if God is walking with us daily, when we face our enemies, we're not facing them alone. We're facing them with God walking by our side. See, King Saul looked toward himself. And what happened? He got afraid. He knew. He didn't have the faith. He didn't have the courage. He didn't use his memory. See, Israel looked toward, they looked toward human leadership. And the Bible says they were dismayed and they were afraid because they were looking to themselves. See, Goliath, he had faith. Now, he didn't have faith in God, but he had faith in himself. And but what happened? He had faith in himself. He tried to take care of the whole situation himself. What happened? He died. What a man he was. His height was perhaps, they said, from 11 feet to 12 feet. He had a tremendous heavy armor. His spear was like, the Bible says, like a weaver's beam. He trusted in himself and his power to take care of everything. See, David didn't. David had a higher power on his side. David had God Almighty. And he knew this. Goliath didn't look to any god. Even the false gods of his own nation he didn't look to. He rested in the arm of his flesh and his armor and his size and things like that. See, David had faith in God. He used the means at his hands, the stone and the sling, but it was by faith which he delivered his people. Think of faith for a moment. Faith helps us face hardships, don't it? Faith doesn't complain. Faith in God overcomes obstacles in our life. David was just a youth a young man, a young boy. But Goliath was a mature man, and he had all this experience. But see, he was missing one thing, and that was God. See, faith looks beyond all our difficulties, because no matter how big our difficulties, no matter what we go through or how great we think they are, 
God is greater. He's greater than all of them. Faith in God will win the victory every time. And this is the victory, the Bible says, that overcometh the world, even our faith. For what the Bible says, without faith it's impossible to serve him. How do you face your difficulties, whatever they may be? Whether they be financial, whether they be personal, whether they be religious. Keep these three things in mind. Courage, the faith, the memory. Have courage, but have it be with faith. Remember what God has done for you and what he's done for I in the past. Remember the Bible stories of victory. And remember that God changes not. For what God did for Moses, for what God did for Abraham, for what God did for Noah, and all the other ones in the Bible, God will do for you. God doesn't see you any different than he did them. Victorious life is a goal of, should be a goal of every one of us tonight. We should realize this today. The story of this lesson is a story of faith, is a story of trust, is a story of truth, is a story of courage. We, ha we can have all those things in our life. But the, the thing we have to have before we have that in our life is God. It's also, it's a good lesson that we as Christian individuals can have. Basically what it's saying is no matter how high the obstacle might be, no matter how big, no matter how difficult that we may think it is, as Brother Mike said this morning, there is nothing too big for our God. Nothing. So if we remember that today, you know, keep these things in mind as we go through our daily life. There's not a day goes by that what something don't obstacle don't get in our way. But we have one that can take care of those obstacles. We can, we have one that will see us through. We have one that will provide. God will provide your need. He did not say he would provide your wants, but he'll provide your need. Amen. He'll provide food for your table. He'll provide a job, money for your bank account. He'll provide you a roof over your head. God, there's not a single thing that we have in our life, even down to the breath we breathe, that doesn't belong to God if he can't take care of it. What's the Bible say? If he can take care of a little sparrow, he can certainly take care of it.